Yeah. I didn't realize that we were carving on a full bird. Yeah, instead of a local, we should have used something imported. Don't put me in the same league with the battle fatigue ponies. That's just another way of yelling chicken in my book. The problem is in Buzz's mind. That's where we ought to strike. Little homemade battle fatigue. A karate chop to his reality. Hey, what are you guys building? Even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. He can't keep his hands off of me. Colonel, I know you're in there. He what? Careful, Major. Somebody's liable to trip over your tongue. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of MASH 4077 Podcast. I'm Kenny, your host, and joining me today are my good pals, Meds. Gentlemen. And Al. Whoa, how's it going? <laughs> are, you, are you going backwards in age? Are you, are you You're going to be gurgling like a baby by the time we get to uh, goodbye, farewell, and amen. That's not very nice. Stop that. Don't tease me. <laughs> wow all right um this episode is called the ring banger and it is from season one episode 16 it's directed by jackie cooper and written by jerry mayer its production code is j316 it originally aired on january 21st 1973 <coughs> wow that's great jim oh that's because it's eight yeah, it's been cooking since 8 o'clock this morning. Can I get you a refill? Yeah. Oh, it. Hey, listen, Buzz, you better use this cane. You don't want to overwork that leg. Well, I don't want to baby it either. You don't think this is the first slug I picked up, do you? Yeah, I noticed that. You got more stitches in your butt than a sampler. <laughs> and so, guest stars, notable ones. The most famous one, of course, is Leslie Nielsen, who turns up here playing Colonel Buzz Brighton. Uh, here we have Leslie still in his serious acting role. He later went on to make a name for himself in the Airplane and Naked Gun films, which is where uh, I really found uh, Leslie Nielsen was in his comedy roles. And I think it was yeah. uh, Forbidden Planet when I, I saw him in that, and I thought, oh, my my Lord, that's Leslie Nielsen. Where, where's the jokes? And, uh, uh, yeah, it was shocking to see him in, in serious roles. But, man, he, what a role he plays. He was a, he was a great actor. Before he went, I mean, he was a great actor in his slapstick too. But he was definitely oh, yeah. a, a great serious actor, and it's unfortunate that he passed away, you know, last year. I know, um, I know so. but uh, he was a, he was definitely a great actor, and it was really really cool to see him in here in this episode. Uh, and then we have another one. We have Linda Mecklejohn, and she, of course, is Lieutenant Leslie Scorch. And again, we she appeared in eight episodes of Mash. Her last credit was in a Reason to Live in 1985. Right. 49. 50. I feel great. I was afraid of that. Absence of pain. Hmm? Could be an inflammation of the femur. That could cause paresthesias. Or thrombophlebitis. Yeah. Uh, With an extension of the femoral vessels resulting in a pulmonary embolism. What? X-rays don't lie, Buzz. The plot of this episode is quite interesting and very intriguing as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hawkeye and Trapper conspire to take down a colonel who has accumulated twice as many casualties while only gaining as much as half of the ground, marking the first of several such attempts from Hawkeye. 
In an effort to achieve this, they convince him that Frank Burns is a cross-dresser and that Henry Blake is an alcoholic who is having a sordid affair with the promiscuous Margaret Hotlips Houlihan. These stories achieve the purpose of rendering Hawkeye and Trapper the only two people in camp that Buzz can be sure are trustworthy. A little manipulation and some conveniently timed events add some apparent proof of these claims. For example, when Buzz is drinking with them in the swamp, they leave a pair of gold-heeled shoes by Frank's bed. Later, Frank tries to check Buzz's leg to see if it's healing properly, and he's rebuffed by Buzz, who suspects that he has romantic or even sexual intentions. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. When Margaret becomes suspicious, Hawkeye and Trapper tell her that Buzz is suffering from low self-esteem and heavily imply that he needs intimate contact with a woman to prove that he's still a man. (laughs) Boy, did they get the right woman for that job. (laughs) While he's alone with Margaret, they get Henry Blank very, very drunk. Yeah, that's tough to do. And give him a pistol, telling him that he needs to undertake an arms proficiency test and arrange for him to walk in on the two of them and encourage an angry, drunken response. Now, throughout the episode, they undertake more subtle measures to try to convince him that, among these people, he cannot trust he's going mad. Such measures include switching his tent, leaving him confused about whether it has been there the whole time, and telling him to drink his glass of milk that he so fervently asked for, despite his never having asked for a glass of milk at all. In fact, I think he's lactose intolerant. At the the end, convinced that there must be something wrong with him, Buzz is shipped back stateside. Look, do you mind if I get uh, a a second opinion and talk to Colonel Blake? Henry? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, that's a good idea. He's terrific. You catch him early enough in the day. What do you mean? Well, he slips away once in a while and... Oh, he's a boozer, huh? Oh, you don't have to whisper. Everybody knows. It's a tragedy, really. Yeah, yeah. See, Henry, uh, Henry could have been head surgeon at Walter Reed, but, uh, well, he was swacked when he did an appendectomy on a general's wife. It was a hell of a way to take out her adenoids. All right, Meds, why don't you start us off? What did you think of the ring banger? Yeah, I, I thought this was a good episode. It was, um, it was good to see the, you know, Hawkeye and Trapper doing what they do best, uh, you know, coming up with ingenious plans uh, to get rid of this guy who quite, quite clearly is, um, you know, has no... No regard for his men, uh, which is uh-huh. which is the most worrying thing for any person to be in the army is that the person in charge of it just doesn't really care. The most you know, the most thing is that he wants is to get that extra inch of ground. Um, if if lessons wasn't learned from World War One, uh, I, I don't know what is because that's what happened then. You know, you, you try you fight and lose over a thousand, well, tens of thousands of men for an inch of land, uh, pointless. Uh-huh. And this is this is what this guy represents. Again, it's it's what Mash does is telling you we've around all the jokes and all the humor this is a program about war and this is a program about people dying and he has he doesn't care and he actually says that at the moment and he's sitting in the chair that every time you get a wild hare and yell charge our surgery here's standing room only uh, casualties are part of the game. If it costs you a few good men to take a hill, that's a price you got to pay. I mean, some real estate doesn't come cheap. It's a it's a frivolous attitude to have, mm-hmm. um, and wonderfully played by Leslie Nielsen. Uh, the, the scene where he's at, he's actually banging his hand on the on the chair with his ring hitting it, and it it's very militaristic style. Uh, that's I think, and I don't, this is only my my 
my interpretation, it's only my thoughts, that I think that's a, uh, almost a nod to a film called The Ipcris File, which starred Michael Caine. And there's a scene in that where Caine's talking to um, Major... Uh, the major, I was going to say Booby, but that's not right. Oh, it is Major Booby. And he's watching a um, an orchestra playing military music. And he's, as he's sitting there, he's got his walking stick and he's, he's marching it backwards and forwards, moving his hand left or right. And that must be a characteristic where they've also got that marching kind of thing where he's banging his ring. It's very, very, very powerful. And it shows that he's in charge and he believes what he believes and nothing's mm-hmm. going to change his mind. And that's, that is the challenge for Hawkeye and Trapper. Um, it's a wonderful episode. Uh, again, a brilliant performance from uh, McLean Stevenson when he's drunk holding that pistol. Um, you know, oh, yeah, he, for sure. It's, just, it's, just, it's got the comedy, comedy element down to it. To, to it. No, I really like this episode. Uh, yeah, really good. Really like it. Yeah. How about you, Al? I liked it too. Um, I, I thought it was a. It, was, it had a great statement to it. Um, I, I, anytime that they've undertaken this type of uh, a theme in Mash, I've always been very, um, very fond of. Uh, you know, they make the statement that war is silly and uh, killing just for the sake of killing for a piece of ground is silly. But the way they they bring that message to you in this episode, I just think is amazing. It, it's great. You know, they put the comedy in there. Um, one thing I do have to disagree with you a little bit, Meds, is the tapping of the ring. Now, I know that um, I think that that's what they want us to believe is that he's tapping that ring. He's a ring banger because he's very militaristic and, and he believes what he believes. And that would have worked for me had he not tapped his ring in the scene where Margaret comes into the tent. I'm not here as an officer or as a nurse. I'm here as a woman who sees you not only as a warrior, but as a man. Very exciting, Buzz. I want to help you. Yeah, well, you know, all the help I need, Major, but just get a release so I can get back to the front. Now you, you know that. I mean, you could see that he's very nervous about Margaret being in there. Um, he's not really comfortable with her making those, uh, you know, those moves and and being very aggressive. So he starts tapping his finger. He's, he's tapping the ring. Now, to me, the, the tapping of the ring kind of indica- indicated a little bit of nervousness. So does he does he bang his ring because he's cocksure of himself? Or does he bang his ring when he might be questioning himself a little bit? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, it could be nervousness or maybe even guilt. But the fact that Hawkeye turns around and says, well, we've got a right ring banger here. Uh, we got us a real ring banger here. A what banger? Didn't you see the way he kept banging his ring on the chair? Yeah. Little reminder that he's a quarterback in this war. We're just water boys. And Trapper asks what that means. So it's obviously it's obviously wrote for Hawkeye's line to come out and say what this guy is actually like. But no, I think you've got a got a good point. Now it could be a subconscious uh, uh, thing of uh, of nervousness or or even subconscious guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I just. I, Again, Leslie Nielsen is is an amazing actor. I think he's probably he was probably one of the most underrated actors uh, in in at least recent history. Uh, people see him as just saw him as just that goofy guy from the Naked Gun uh, movies and, and airplane mm-hmm. movies. But he was really he had a great range. Um, he did 
this role perfectly. I think this role was absolutely perfect for him. Yeah, some of the things that, uh, you know, I loved the way that uh, that Frank unwittingly fell into uh, the, the things that they were telling Buzz about. Colonel Bright, I've been looking all over for you. Well? I want to give you a checkup, see what we can do about getting you on your way. Uh-huh. Just let me get comfy here. Who's those? Pearson McIntyre. They're always bringing nurses in here, those degenerates. Oh, you think that they're degenerates, eh? Well, it really makes no never mind. Now, I want to feel your leg. It feels fine. What are you trying to do? Take your pulse. Well, can't you do it without touching me? Well, Colonel, I... Now, look, forget it. You know, I mean, Frank, of all people, would not be accused of being a cross-dresser because of his strict religious (laughs) (laughs) background. But it's just so funny how he he fell right into that. Uh, And I think, as you mentioned, uh, Meds, um, McLean Stevenson is just... He was such an awesome actor. He did the Henry Blake role so well. And mm-hmm. there are a few actors that I think did a great job at portraying a, a true drunk. Time for target practice, sir. Oh, let's go, Henry. Got to get out there. Okay. Don't move, Korea. This is a stick-up. <laughs> See you down the road. Okay. You do on the range, sir. Where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard. Right this way, sir. A discouraging word. Yes, sir. Half you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> he did such a convincing job, and he was just so incredibly funny as Drunk Henry. I think he did an excellent job. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. It's one thing I, I, I he's definitely was a highlight of this episode. I love the, the writing of this episode. I just everything kind of woven together perfectly. You know, they set up everything so well for when it actually happened. It all made sense and all tied together, and you know, I it, it was just a it was like Tuttle to me. It was like that type of same kind of woven story that they really thought out, and there were I didn't feel that there were really any loose ends to anything. Right. You know, I did. I thought it was funny. You know, when uh, when he asked for the bullet, and it was you know it was just removed from his leg like two seconds ago. Uh, can I have that bullet, Doc? A souvenir. Well, I had a buyback deal with the sniper, but all right. Well, little thing like this is not going to keep me off the line. And he, they toss it to him, and then he looks at it, and it's like shiny brass. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, where, you think it'd be a little blood? bloody? <laughs> it just, unless they threw it into like a pan of alcohol or something, and then they pulled it out. Yeah, but even then, it wasn't wet or anything. He, it was just a shiny bullet. Well, how about um, how big that thing was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, that a big was a slug. very large caliber bullet. Now, unless he was <laughs> shot from a mile away... Around that size, I think would have gone completely through the femur. Yeah, 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 definitely. But uh, that that struck me as kind of funny. And then uh, one thing I wanted to point out is that you know I'm a big advocator against the whole adultery thing. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, for Blake, at least he keeps the same girl. 
He said Leslie. It, she's been throughout the entire season. It's always Leslie. So I know in future, you know, future episodes it changes, but at least he's, you know, if he's going to cheat, he's cheating with the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it makes it right, but I just, it struck me as funny when I was watching this episode. I'm like, oh, look, it's Leslie again. Now I know her because we've seen her so many times. It's like, oh, that's just his girlfriend, Leslie. Would you like to approve my requisition? I certainly would. Excuse me, Frank. Of course. <clears throat> Make sure the sardines are boneless and the peanut butter's chunky. They're out of cheese balls. Get some smoked oysters. Can I kiss your ear and make it better? Not in front of a culture carino. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's semi-faithful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah, you know, he's faithful to his... She, you know, his girlfriend. Yeah, he sees two women. <laughs> yeah, he has two women, one in Korea and one in, you know, yeah, at home. But um, I just thought I'd point that out because I just thought it was cool that, that at least he has the same girl. Right. Yeah. You know, over and over again. Um, but yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a fun episode. It was, like I said, it was well done. It was well written. And uh, it was very enjoyable. It was one I could watch over and over. And Leslie was was brilliant in that role. And, you know, this is the first of many episodes where they have an overbearing commanding officer that they have to try to get out. Uh, but I do know that they use this storyline several times throughout the series. But um, it's about, you know, like you said, it's true. I mean, it really happens. There are people out there who don't care about their their team or their group. They just want to get that extra inch i've just gone over colonel brighton's file x-rays the works he's 100 percent fit why are you keeping him here look do you want us to ruin this guy's career put down what's really wrong with him on his record is that what you want what are you talking about what am i talking about what am i talking about well um uh, sometimes a little uh, wound can trigger a bigger problem that's just beneath the surface. That's what I'm talking about. Buzz Brighton has lost all confidence in himself. Not just as an officer, as a man. This morning there were tears on his pillow. The bigger they are, you know. More than once they found Patton sobbing inside his tank. Oh. I never dreamed... All right, let's move on to behind the scenes. We start off with, this was the first episode of 13 that was directed by Jackie Cooper. He also made two appearances in the series. Uh, in this episode's tag, Hawkeye makes a reference to the Dick Hames look. I'd like just to tip of it off and turned up a little at the end. You know, the Dick Hames look. Now, Hames was a handsome pop singer in the 1940s and 50s, primarily remembered for his appearance in the 1945 film State Fair. I remember that movie. Yeah, awesome. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> now, when Hawkeye and Trapper are in uh, Colonel Buzz Brighton's tent, you see the glass of milk sitting on the bench before Radar ever puts it there. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then in the shower scene, no, not the psycho shower scene. Uh, in the shower scene where uh, Frank is is uh, is getting all lathered up. Never mind. What the major does is her own business. After all, her affairs are her own affairs. Oh, and not that I mean to imply that she has any. I don't go sticking my nose into her hairdos. 
And you would do very well to keep your stories to yourself and mind your own beeswax. Hawkeye comes in and he's talking to um, to Frank. At the beginning of that scene, you can see that Frank is clearly wearing his uh, dog tags. But about midway through that scene, his dog tags are missing. Continuity. Continuity. Uh, yeah, I don't know who oh. did, was a continuity person on this uh, show, but man, maybe they were fired. Uh, yeah, that was a huge one. I mean, that was. I mean, it's not like you know a flower bud leaning one way and then another way. This was his dog tags, plain and simple. Yeah, it's just you know this could have been shot weeks apart from each other. These scenes, you know, and pickup shots and everything. Yeah, and it's just you know it's just, it happens all the time, but and you know and most people don't notice it, but because we're scrutinizing the episodes. We just notice it more, right? And now, you and know. now, you listeners will as well because you go back and watch this episode. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Go, I damn don't. you! You've ruined this episode. <laughs> we have forever changed the way you watch Mash. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the, the chief nurse, Major Hulahan. Yeah, the one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now she's going to be around later to check you out. And it's very important too, Buzz, because you see, after we sign your release, she also has to sign you out. Well, she's a great one. See her in the sweater. She'll melt your helmet liner. <laughs> and passionate. Oh, her lips are set in automatic pucker. Hey, hey that's very listen, good. Listen, now, this should be very interesting. Uh, she really simmers our hot lips. Well, you call her hot lips. And not because she's left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to trivia. Yay. Yay. Oh, that was a good that thing. That was the best one so far in all these <laughs> trivias. All right, then we're going to continue with our characters. I think this is kind of fun. We're going to do uh we're going to do questions on the radar. Ooh. Yeah. We'll see how much you guys know about radar. So, we're going to start you off Al. Oh, great. <laughs> what is radar's full name? Walter O'Reilly. I'm sorry, one more time? Walter O'Reilly. That's not his full name. That's not, no, there's a middle middle name in there. Yeah. Uh, Eugene. Come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Walter Eugene O'Reilly. Very good, Al. Ha ha, meds. <laughs> <laughs> and meds, this one's for you. Where okay. did he get his nickname Radar from? Oh, well, we know why he's got his nickname. Where did he get it from? Uh... Oh, irritatingly, I know this. <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. Oh, you're overthinking it. Just where did he get his radar nickname from? I was going to say from school, but it's wrong, isn't it? No. The um. writers, hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got his radar nickname for his ability to anticipate what's going to happen before it actually happens. Oh, I thought I thought you meant where about. I thought you meant. That's like, why I you, said you, that you, you over you overthought oh, it. Right. Yeah, I, I thought it was something like that. Oh, yeah, I was thinking back. You're thinking of like a place or a person who gave it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I no, thought it was, yeah, yeah. He got it for Richie. Oh. They just wanted to know why he had his radar name. Well, they should have put the question as why did he get the name, <laughs> not where did he get. Not it. where. <laughs> I should I should get a point for that. Lame, <laughs> lame book. <laughs> oh, and then uh, my question. Oh, it's an easy one. Where was Radar from? Otumwa, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get that wrong. No, that's right. Otumwa, Otumwa, Iowa. Okay, here we go. This one's for our listeners. This is a, a this is a fairly good one. I think most people would get this. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, most people bar me. <laughs> 
what was Radar's uncle's name? And he's mentioned quite a bit in the series. So uh, go ahead and send your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com and just write in what was Radar's uncle's name. And just as a supplement, it's the uncle that lived on the farm with the mom. So I don't know if he ever mentioned another uncle. This is the only uncle that I ever known for Radar, so. Margaret, who are you seeing and where? It's him, isn't it? Buzz, you got one look at his thigh and you went crazy. Oh, right. Just what? because someone is strong and muscular, you're a pushover for powerfully built guys like us. It's nothing like that. Then why the new hair do him? And, and, and the perfume. And... Frank, don't sniff. Oh, Margaret. Frank, you're dripping on my foot. Oh, I was just in the shower and I... Well, you can't just come in here dripping and sniffing. But you... Promise me that there's nothing between you and the colonel. Nothing. And that's an order. You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over the internet, including Facebook at www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 podcast. And of course, you can find us on Twitter and you can follow us there at MASH 4077 podcast. And we all have Twitter accounts and you can follow me if you really want to, uh, at Hawkeye Meds. And you can follow me at Tales Podcast. And you can follow me at Geeky Fanboy. And we also have a really awesome website. You can find that at www.mash4077podcast.com. You can also find our blog at www.mash4077podcast.blogspot.com. And we also have a store now where you can buy those uh, excellent T-shirts and mugs with the brilliant design that Kenny has had sorted out. And you can find that at www.zazzle.com slash mash 4077 podcast. Very awesome. And we also love the listener feedback that we get from you guys. In fact, Kenny created an entire series of mini podcasts called Swampcasts. So if you'd like to listen to that and maybe contribute to it, you can send your comments to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. We also love getting reviews on iTunes. Any review helps us in ratings on uh, certain you know charts, which is always great. Uh, you can definitely go to MASH4077 on iTunes and leave us a hopefully positive review. <laughs> we like constructive criticism also. Meds doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode. I'm Kenny. I'm Simon. I'm Al. We'll be seeing you. Am I signing? Yes, sir. Something good? You're sending buds back to the States to cool off for a couple of months. I need a lot more than that. Oh, okay. Now then, what about the old target practice? You got eight out of ten, sir. I did? You just missed out on your $325 pistol allowance. Oh, darn it. Henry, what's say we go back to the swamp, hmm? Yeah, a little nightcap. I would love to, fellows, but I'm on duty. Carry on.
Hey there, Match fans, this is Meds. Now, as you know, both myself, Al and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and mine is called Waffle on Podcast, and we talk about classic television programmes and films from around the world. So if you think that's your cup of tea, or cup of coffee, whichever you like, then come over to iTunes and type in Waffle on Podcast. Or, of course, you can go to our main site, which is at Podbean. So just type in waffleon.podbean.com. We would be honoured if you join us. Hi, my name's Kenny, and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek? Star Wars? Do you consider yourself a brown coat? Are you into cosplaying? LARPing? A furry? Can you speak Klingon? Do you know all the doctors and their companions? Can you not get enough of steampunk? Do you just love Disney? If you do, then this podcast might be for you. Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I have a one-on-one conversation with a fanboy or fangirl. We'll talk about your fandom, why you call yourself a fan, and how you integrate it into your daily life. So come on over to confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and listen to fellow geeks talk about their love for their fandom. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why? Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and in iTunes. These later films, such as Airplane, and of course, the making good films. Making good films. Who has accumulated twice as many casualties as he has ground that he has fought for in this war, making uh, the first. I'm looking at the size of this thing, and I'm thinking, "Wow!" <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking about the paragraph meds. <laughs> <laughs> For example, when Buzz is drinking, bleh. throughout the episode, they undertake more subtle measures to try that. Uh, bleh, 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 bleh. What is radar? For, uh, blah, 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 blah. We also have a blog. You can locate that at mash. (laughs) Spell that for me. We also, you can also find us. All right. You can find us all over the internet, uh, especially on Facebook. Where can they find us, Meds? Uh, I thought I was doing Twitter. Oh, am I doing Facebook? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's take two. To be good for the blooper reel. Take two, too. This is more like take four. <laughs> the MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production. 
and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Work 3.0 United States License. All rights reserved.